This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. I trust that you will continue to watch today as we discuss this question, Is there any hope? Is there any hope? I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we continue to uh, offer the free Bible correspondence course. We have thousands of people who are taking this Bible course. Many of them have completed the course and sent it back for grading. And we hope that you will avail yourself of this opportunity today. We won't pause long enough that you can learn a little bit more about the course and that you can learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. I read the story about a submarine that was stricken and it was down on the bottom of the ocean. And divers were sent down to see what could be done to rescue the men that were on that submarine. And as they approached it, they heard a knocking, and one of them recognized it as being the Morse code. And someone on the inside of that sub was tapping out in Morse code, is there any hope? Is there any hope? That's the question I believe that's on the minds and the hearts of many, many people today. Is there any hope? That, that's the question that's on the lips of a family that's, that's trapped inside a drug-infested area of the community. Is there any hope? That that's the question that the husband and wife ask that are struggling to make ends meet. Struggling to keep food on the table and struggling to keep a roof over their heads. Is there any hope? That that's the question being asked by the teenager who has become addicted to drugs and just can't live without it, and will do almost anything to obtain it. But deep inside, that teenager is asking, is there any hope? 
That, that's the question being asked today by the single mother who has to fight back the tears when she has no one to rely upon to help her when the going gets tough. She doesn't have a plan B when plan A fails. And she's asking, is there any hope? And that's the question on the hearts of the family that's been uh, rushed to the hospital because they have a loved one who has been seriously injured in an accident. And they pace back and forth in the waiting room and they're asking over and over again, is there any hope? All of us need hope. And when hope is gone, all that is left is despair. But hope in the human heart is the most potent factor in human endeavor. For example, the farmer goes out, tills a soil, and plants seed in that soil in hopes of reaping a harvest. A merchant will line his shelves with merchandise and advertise his products all because he has hope in making a profit. And here's an athlete who will get up in the wee hours of the morning and begin training hours and hours every day, grueling exercise. And that athlete will follow that routine because there is hope that there eventually will be a victory. But sometimes hope is sought in the wrong places. Sometimes people look for hope in a place where hope is not found. Some are trying to find their hope in a, syst a system of relative values. That is, they do not believe there is any such thing as an absolute truth. And to them, truth is determined by the individual. This philosophy gave rise to what is commonly referred to as situation ethics. That is, a thing is right or it's wrong in the eyes of the individual depending upon your situation. And many are staking their future upon such a philosophy. I want you to know there is such a thing as absolute truth. And God's word is absolute truth. He has always been absolute. There isn't anything relative about it. Let, listen to just a few passages of Scripture. Listen to John the Baptist in Matthew, the third chapter. When he came out of the region of, of uh, the wilderness of Judea, the region of Judea, and he was preaching, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
There wasn't anything relative about what he told them they needed to do. And then you think about uh, the a passage that Paul preached to the men of Athens in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. There's nothing relative about what Paul told the men of Athens. And yet there are those today that are staking their entire future on this philosophy that you cannot know truth. That truth is relative. Some find their hope in materialism. And what they really want to be satisfied is just a little bit more. And they really are trying to get more and more and more. Jesus had this to say about that philosophy in Luke the 12th chapter and verse 15. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul said, Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. And we need to be content with such things as we have and not put our hopes in things of a material nature. And then there are those who put in their hope in science. We're so much indebted to science in so many ways. Medical science especially has helped to improve our standard of living. But science may help the body. But science is not going to help the soul. Science may add years to life, but it cannot add life to years. And some put their hope in, in atheism. I don't know why anyone would stake their hopes in atheism. Beyond atheism, when you believe in atheism, there's nothing to look forward to in the future. It is a hopeless future, a dark future. In Psalms 14 and 1, the psalmist said, The fool is said in his heart, There is no God. There's so many things in which people have trying to find hope. But wherein is hope found? Where will we really find hope? And to put it, very, very simply, Christ is our hope. Our hope is not in some man. Our hope is not in some system. It is not in some political system. It is not in some economic system. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. As Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 1 in verse 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul an apostle by the commandment of God and our Savior Jesus Christ who is our hope. He is our hope, our only hope. Listen to Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 2. And you hath he quickened, 
who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. That's what these people had been in times past. And also in verse 12 we're told, and that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, no hope, and without God in the world. And so in times past, we were without hope. Without Christ, we're without hope. We're without God. And I can't think of a more dismal condition for an individual to be in, can you? But let me read you the 13th verse of that same chapter in Ephesians chapter 2. But now in Christ, you who sometimes were afar off are made near by the blood of Christ. They were hopeless, alienated from God, alienated from Jesus Christ, without hope. But now, because of Jesus Christ, there is hope. Because of Jesus Christ and his blood shed on Calvary, we can be made near to God. That which causes us to be afar from God is our sin. Isaiah chapter 59 and 1 and 2 makes that very plain. And it is our sins that have separated us from our God. And it is our iniquities that hid his face from us that he will not hear. Sin separates us from God, alienates us from God. But that which can bring us close to God, near God, reconcile us with God, is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is because of that shed blood I have hope. Listen to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. This incidentally is written to those who have already given their lives to Jesus. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. His blood continually, constantly, daily cleanses us of sin if we are his children, if we walk in the light. In Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 7, there the Bible says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So it is the blood of Jesus Christ that can bring us into a relationship with God again. It is because of that blood something that is, not that is not beautiful, something that is ugly and stained with sin can be made beautiful in the eyes of God Almighty. I read the story about a man who had a very expensive handkerchief. And one day he got a, an ink stain on that handkerchief and so far as he was concerned, it had been ruined. A friend of his ask him if he could take that handkerchief home with him. And his friend went home. 
And he knew the type of ink that had been spilled on it was some India ink. And he took that handkerchief and he took some ink and from the blot that had been made on that handkerchief, he began to make a very beautiful, attractive design on that handkerchief. And after he finished, it was more beautiful and more expensive than before. And God to, can take a life that has been stained with sin, and he can make something that is beautiful out of that. I, somebody says, Brother, Brother Lambert, you don't understand. You don't know the kind of a life that I live. You, you don't understand my lifestyle. You, you don't know the things that I've been involved in. All, all I can say to you is, you're the kind of person Jesus Christ came to save. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus said, They that are whole need not a physician. I'm not going to go to the doctor if I'm well. As a rule, you don't do that, do you? He said, But they that are sick. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The people that Jesus came to, to save were sinners. People whose lives had been ruined by sin, stained by sin. And Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross and shed his blood that your life might be changed. And so it's because of that blood that our lives can become new. That's why we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, when we give our lives to Christ, when we obey the gospel by believing on Jesus, repenting of our sins, confessing faith in Christ, by being baptized into Christ, that is, we come in contact with his blood in the waters of baptism, according to Romans 6, 3 and 4, according to Galatians 3, 27, and other passages, then we now have access to God. I have access to God, Romans 5 and verse 2. So we have access to God now. We, are, we, we have hope. We have hope. We have hope of life now, to live our lives today, and hope for the future. So Jesus Christ is our hope. And because of him, we can have victory. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is also in the expected return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we expect him to come back someday. Listen to Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope do you hear what he said? Looking for that blessed hope and appearing by great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what we ought to be looking for today is that blessed hope. Looking forward to the time that our Lord will return. 
He's coming back one day for his own. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So he said, I'm coming back. And that's our hope. Our hope is in his expected return. In 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, and verse 13, Paul wrote, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so also that which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. We believe Jesus lived, and we believe that Jesus died. Therefore, we do have hope. When he comes back, he's coming back for his own. He's going to return. Then we will go home to be with him forever and ever. In Revelation 22 and 20, the Bible says, Even so come Lord Jesus. And that ought to be the prayer on the heart of every individual. Come, Lord Jesus. I wish I could get on a mountaintop and shout so loud that the whole world would hear. Shout so loud that the angels of heaven would hear. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. We don't have any idea when he's coming back. Absolutely not. I'm not going to make any predictions about that, and I'll tell you the reason, because I would be wrong. In Matthew 24 and 36, Jesus said, Of that day and hour knoweth no man. Well, you say, Brother Lambert, what day and hour is he talking about there? Well, go to the previous verse, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And then in verse 36, he says, Of that day and hour. Of what day and of what hour? In the day and in the hour when the heaven and the earth passes away. When that, when that heaven and earth passes away, he said, Knoweth no man. No, no, no. Not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So I don't have any idea when that's going to happen. But my hope is in Christ. My hope is in his death. My hope is in his expected return. And my hope is in the resurrection of our Lord. I know that because God raised him from the dead, he can raise me from the dead. Why in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And one of these days, there's going to be the resurrection of the dead. In John 5, 28 and 29, the Bible says, The hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So there's going to be a resurrection. That's when Christ returns. And that's my hope. The other day, I stood by the graveside of a fellow Christian, a godly man. And after we had had the service, and after the military had presented the flag to his widow, 
And after they had played taps and everyone was just about to go, I spoke up and said, the next great event in this man's life will be the resurrection of the dead. And you know, when you take a loved one out to the cemetery, and many of you watching have had to do that, when you do, when you deposit that body into the earth from whence it came, our hope lies in the fact that one day that individual will come out of that grave with a resurrected body. And that's when the spirit of man will be reunited with that resurrected body. And we will live somewhere in eternity. I want you to be with God in eternity. Put your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. But finally our hope, our eternal hope, is in that place that is called heaven. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1. We know that if the earthly house of our tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal, eternal in the heavens. An eternal home. That is, there you're going to have a home that will last forever and ever throughout endless ages. You're not going to have to worry about putting a new roof on it. You're not going to have to worry about buying a insurance on the home. And we're, we should be making our installments on that home while we live. That is laying up treasure in heaven for that mansion above. Let me urge you to put your hope in Christ today. As a believer in Him, repent of your sins Confess your faith in Christ and be baptized into Christ because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Could I ask you a question? Why would you not want to trust Him? You remember the passage we read at the very beginning, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord whose hope, whose hope the Lord is. Will you not put your trust in Him? And you can have your hope in Him. What do you see for your future right now? Is it bright? Do you see a bright future? It can be with Jesus. I want to thank you for watching today. May God bless you till we meet again is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.